are Locked On Packers. He did what? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Cousins is taken Part down. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Aaron Jones Your team it open every with day. With a dagger of a run. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we start our series every Wednesday with Lily Zhao, who is, I'm sure you know, a Fox 6 sports anchor and reporter used to be in Green Bay. She moves on to Milwaukee, which means she still gets to cover the Green Bay Packers. So she's going to be here every Wednesday during the regular season to help us break down this team. The latest, she was really awesome last year at, at offering insight unlocked on Packers about the the mindset of the team, the mentality of it, the culture. And so I'm really glad to have her this year on a weekly basis, even better. We'll get to that conversation coming up in just a little bit. There was some news that came out of Tuesday. And so I, I think it's only right that we talk about some of it before we get there. Um, two things that I want to get to. The first is Snacks Harrison said on social media, on Twitter, that he had heard from the Packers that they tried to sign him and he declined. And that that fits with reporting we heard a couple weeks ago from Ross Uglum over a Packer report that the Packers had reached out that Snacks was still deciding. And he's making it seem like he's not even sure if he's going to play this year. He later said if he does play, he will let the fans decide where he plays. Taylor Gabriel, also on Twitter, last week said the reason he's not playing this year, the reason the Packers haven't called, it's not that the Packers haven't called, it's that he's decided he's not playing with COVID risk. This is particularly tough when you're a free agent, but he's made that decision. So we can't offer any sort of assessment on the Packers not signing these guys when it seems like they're not that interested in signing. We always have to take that into account. When we look at what's going on with free agency, with what's going on with the Packers, we saw this with Emmanuel Sanders. The Packers wanted to sign him. He didn't want to sign there. And that's just what it is. When a player doesn't want to sign anywhere, then you really can't fault the front office for not taking that into account. The other story, and potentially bigger story that I want to get to, yesterday on NFL Network, Aaron Jones said in an interview that his agent and the Packers are working on an extension. He expects to sign one. Now, this brings a lot of questions up. What does that value look like? Is it going to be team-friendly? Is this the right, the right decision? And there have been many words, written, spoken, and otherwise, put out there over the last few months about what the Packers should do with regard to Aaron Jones. Let me start by saying, just because the Packers and Aaron Jones' agent are working on an extension does not mean one is going to get done. They still have to come to an agreement, and nothing is done until the ink is dry on that contract. So we can't just assume this is going to happen. We also saw reporting earlier in the summer from Mike Garofolo at NFL Network that the Packers were hoping to get a deal done with David Bakhtiari before the season started. 
given the context of everything we know about this offseason and this offense, the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon. They have Jamal Williams. They have multiple backs on the practice squad, Demore Crockett and Dexter Williams, who was not initially on the practice squad because he was attending to the birth of a child. And so they obviously value the running back position highly. But would they be willing to commit to a good long-term deal, and I mean a good-sized long-term deal with Aaron Jones without seeing him play again? Because remember, they can take this to the end of the line. They can take this right up until March and say, well, maybe the transition tag, maybe the maybe the franchise tag, a one-year deal, and then we'll we'll see from there. And maybe by October... He gets the Aaron Rodgers deal, the, okay, it's it's midseason, and we think this is worth it, go ahead. Or maybe he gets hurt and misses six, eight games, and now that cost is different. We have to throw out for now the wisdom of signing Aaron Jones. It seems like, and all the reporting for, for months, really, has been that the Packers intend to sign Aaron Jones to a long-term deal. We have to ignore whether or not we think that's a good idea for this conversation. Once it happens, of course, we can have plenty of conversations about that contract and and what it's going to look like long-term for the Packers. But in this case, I think it's more interesting to say, okay, well, what does that Goldilocks contract look like? There was a piece yesterday for Acme Packing Company that basically argued there isn't one, that you just don't pay second contracts to running backs. I don't necessarily fall in that camp. I think running backs are replaceable, yes. But I do think there is still use for good ones. Having a good running back is better than not having a good running back. And even if I think passing is more important than running, which I do, there's still value in having a good player at any position, but especially a position that's going to get 15, 20 touches in a given game. And we know that Matt LaFleur wants to give his running backs touches. So, okay, what does that good contract look like? I asked this question on Twitter. What number could they come back with that makes you say, okay, that's a good deal for both teams? And that's, by the way, not the same as saying, what is the deal Aaron Jones ultimately signs? So I I got a, a range of responses. But he's almost certainly going to get more than the $5.5 million Todd Gurley got in free agency coming off an injury. Jordan Howard is making almost $5 million. Giovanni Bernard is making almost $5 million. He's going to get more than $5 million. The question is, there is a big gap in second contracts between that $5 million and, let's say, Joe Mixon's $12 million. Kenyon Drake is playing on the transition tag. Melvin Gordon got eight. Okay, Saquon Barkley's on a rookie deal. Kareem Hunt just got 6.6, and Austin Eckler just got 6. Aaron Jones can reasonably say he deserves more than that. Can he say he deserves 12? I don't think so. I think, honestly, the number is 8. I think that's the number where you go, okay, for a good player, you know, the, the, the Bills just paid Cole Beasley last year $8 million a year to play slot. And this year he's going to be receiver three. Well, for someone who's going to touch the ball 300 times, seven, $8 million, you're going to get return on that value. And I think we don't often talk about 
the return on value with these contracts, we just say, well, running backs are replaceable. That's true. Running backs are replaceable. You can you can move on from Aaron Jones and get 75, 80% of that productivity, maybe more from a rookie contract. And so from that standpoint, any deal he signs above a couple million is going to be out of whack with what maximizing value looks like. But when you say, can this player meet the value of this contract? Can they just produce enough to justify the cost in a vacuum? Aaron Jones can produce enough to justify an $8 million price tag for sure. There's no question. Now, now the question is going to be, what is the length of that contract look like? What is the structure of that contract look like? What is the guaranteed money in that contract look like? And can they come to an agreement, especially with this 2021 cap up in the air, that makes sense for both sides. I know we've talked about this Aaron Jones contract a lot, but it's a really important deal from the perspective of they need to spend this money in a prudent way because they need to sign David Bakhtiari. They need to extend Devontae Adams. They, they have other more important players at more important positions. And so it's, it's of the utmost importance that if they're going to sign a luxury piece, that it be at a non luxury price. And speaking of luxury, imagine having all of the football you could possibly consume all at your fingertips. That's what you get with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays, see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games, a super useful tool if you just want to get a quick glimpse of what an opponent is going to be or a game that you missed. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all in one place, NFL Game Pass. It's the only place you can replay every game all season long, and you can even learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film sessions. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, and, of course, Devontae Adams. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. All right, let's get to my conversation with Lily Zhao. Remember, this is a weekly thing for us now starting every Wednesday. You can follow her on Twitter at Lily S. Zhao, Z-H-A-O. We still have to come up with a name for this segment, but we're going to get one. Lily, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers for what will be one of many segments this year as part of our continuing coverage of the 2020 NFL season. This is great. Thanks for having me. Pretty excited that we actually have football to talk about. I, it seems like we've just been talking about it, it's like a bad romance on TV. There's been a lot of like, will they or won't they? And yet we're actually here now. They, they decided to get together. It's just honestly, I don't know if it's just me, but it's I can't wrap my head around the fact that like the Packers play in less than a week. Like it, <laughs> it's real because I'm like, again, we have all these like milestones that we hit to like lead up to the regular season, but like now it's just, just it's going to start. So I fully, I'm like, I'm ready for football, but I'm not prepared that it's going to be on TV so soon, which is crazy. Well, and not just that, like everything about your, your schedule is probably different because of the pandemic and, and, you know, travel schedules are different and practice schedules are different. And like your ability to actually go and watch them practice something that simple that we take for granted, just like 
it doesn't exist right now. Yeah, that's true. And that's really been one of the more difficult things about it. And I, it's like, I understand, you know, we have to do everything we can to stay safe. But in terms of the reporting aspect, just because again, I'm not in Green Bay anymore, which, you know, we'd have the more immediate access, that's made it a little bit more difficult to cover practice and to really be in the know in the know. Um, so we're kind of just doing our best to, you know, research all that we can, but it's just been such a wonky year. Um, and I'm just really, I, I'm, Super intrigued to see kind of how we will do after like the first month of football right. uh, in terms of getting the routines down and, and all that stuff with media and all that. But listen, I'm I'm just super stoked that football's back. <laughs> super stoked. It, it adds to the intrigue in a lot of ways, too, right? Like we have all of these expectations coming out of year one with Matt LaFleur and OK, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we hear, oh, he's doing great in practice and oh, you know, Alan Lazard is doing this and Devontae Adams looks great and Rodgers looks great, but we didn't get to see any of it. And you have a certain expectation of what it's going to look like. It may not look like that. And that creates the drama where we didn't really have a lot of drama this offseason aside from the Jordan Love thing, drama there, but not not internal drama. And so fans, they get to be really excited about something that we don't really know what it's going to look like. Well, yeah, and that was kind of the thing last year. I know, you know, just being the first year under LaFleur and, you know, we know Rodgers doesn't play that many preseason snaps to begin with. And the fact that he didn't get a lot of reps last year in the preseason and then going into the season, everyone was, you know, that kind of shocked by, we're like, what's it going to look like? And of course, that first opener was kind of underwhelming for everybody involved, but it is what it is. But like you mentioned, it's like, you know, all this stuff is kind of done behind closed doors. I'm intrigued to see kind of how, Rodgers looks in that first game because I know the Vikings are they've moved around their defense guys have left new guys have come in so a lot of these guys haven't played Rodgers before and so I'm honestly very curious to see kind of how the Packers offense will look on the road against I mean I know they've had their bouts with the Vikings defense but I just don't know if they're going to be able to be a cohesive unit that gels so quickly when they play against the Packers and maybe that gives Green Bay, the advantage there with the offense just being in your two. Are you someone who likes to play body language doctor with Aaron Rodgers? Because I will admit I am. And and I think there's been a lot of things written and said about, oh, he's in such a good mood. He's laughing. He's wrestling with Tim Boyle like the Bucs do pregame. Like, do you buy into any of that stuff? You know what? I... I don't know if I'm like a hundred percent like all in. Well, you know, I, I kind of, I can't, I kind of am because you know you don't want him to. Like, just be real. I mean, like it is, it, it's good to see him kind of in a really carefree mood this this off season because you don't want him to be so like. I, I mean, I know he gets his serious moments, but it's nice to see him just really open up and be very lighthearted in training camp, and that just provides a sense of like you know these guys are out there having fun, they're adjusting. And it gives fans, I guess, something very exciting to look forward to because if he's smiling like that in the game on Sunday, it's, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah, that's one of those things, too, where if you go back and watch, like the belt was created out of him having fun in practice. And it was something that he did in games. And, and for a while, he eventually retired it. And he said, you know, look, it's just it was time. But it did seem like, you know, 2009, 10, 11 those were, he was having fun and it didn't seem fun the last few years, especially the last few McCarthy years. And last year, I mean, you, when we could actually go into the locker room and talk to players, you'd hear all the time you were, you were on locked on Packers last year talking about 
how different it felt that everyone was having fun. Brian Belaga said it's the most fun he's maybe ever had with a team. Exactly. And that's what kind of gets you all pumped. And I know it's it, it's dependent on the guys in the locker room. And obviously, Zedarius and Preston added to that fun. Um, but it's just a very different vibe. And again, I know it's just different for all of us because we're not allowed inside. And, you know, I'm encouraged that the vibe is still the same as it was last year. But like you mentioned, I mean, everyone was always laughing and joking around and it was nothing, you know, unless they lost, which was rare last year. Um, it was never anything like super serious. These guys are out there having fun and you're kind of hoping that that translates onto the field because, you know, the more out there out there having fun, the more productive, hopefully we can see them. And then that just takes like the domino effect into the season and hopefully good things will happen. Who were the guys that you were looking for in training camp just to like, whether it was you were, you know, reading reports and those kinds of things, but who were the guys that, that you were like, Hey, if, if this guy takes a step forward, it can really help the team or, Hey, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this player is going to look in year two, year three, whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. I would say, I mean, I know the, the big, you know, on the, we were talking about the draft, getting a receiver, whatnot, like who's going to be behind Devontae Adams. So again, I was curious to see how Marquez was going to do, because again, last off season, we were kind of talking, he was doing great. And then the regular season came, games came and, you know, things never came to fruition. Um, but now that Rogers, you know, Rogers doesn't sing a lot, sing a lot, a lot of people. So when he does, your ears kind of perk up. Right. So, you know, he's singing about Jamal Williams. I'm excited to see what he does in this next year and also Marquez and said that, you know, he's had a great camp so far and that's encouraging to see because, you know, I think Lazard's going to have a, a phenomenal season behind Devante, but it's kind of like we've all talked about who's going to step up in that wide receiver room. So I think I was really looking to see how Marquez is going to do. I know EQ being back is going to be huge for this team. And also on the, on the other side of the ball, I'm excited to see Rashawn Gary. You know, mm -hmm. I know he didn't play a lot, but if you want to spell these starters, I'm excited to see what he can do in year two because the more, the better he can get and the more reps he can get and the more time he gets to shine, that just really overall adds to the depth on that defensive side of the ball. Lily, what are you going to do if the Packers move on from Jamal Williams in a year? You are the official Jamal, like oh. Jamal Williams beat reporter. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I take that as a badge of honor because... You, as you should. <laughs> he's just one of the... like. If you catch him in like the right time and like the quirky mood, he's just a phenomenal interview because he's just so different and refreshing. So honestly, I'm not sure how I'm going to take it if they don't bring him back. Um, I'm going to remain optimistic and say they will just, you know, because we want to hear all these bites. But right. I don't know. I'm going to be really sad, Peter. More SpongeBob, yeah. more Snow Angels. That, 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 no, that quote okay. from that game is just like so all time. Well, and it was one of those things where I forget what road game it was at because we were on the road when I got one of those bites and I saw Jamal kind of like in the corner by himself. And I was like, all right, we're going to talk. We're going to go chat with him. And he was just wearing, I don't know the anime or whatnot robe he was wearing. You know, people on Twitter knew. Uh, but I was like, was it Dragon Ball Z maybe? No, it was. Um, That's all I got. Like, That's my full list of anime knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm like a reader. I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but it was some sort of like anime character outfit that he had on, but he just was like going off and giving us gems of interviews. And I'm like, oh, this is delicious because we were the only ones to get it, but it was just, he's a phenomenal interview. So I'm going to remain optimistic, Peter. We do have to, that's good. We have to remain optimistic in these dark and troubling times. Um, the 
question about Jamal Williams coming back is related to this question about Aaron Jones coming back. And Aaron Jones was on NFL Network this week talking about his agent working on a deal uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Are you are, do you think that that he, Aaron Jones will be back? And if so, what is what is the kind of deal that you think makes sense for this team? Do they need him back? I think they do because, again, we saw last year, and again, this is just unpredicated on last year's offenses, you know, when he was out and he was on the sidelines, like things just really kind of felt stale offensively. And then this this offseason they made Kenny Clark obviously the priority, but I know there's a lot of guys that are set to hit free agency in the next year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what the structure will be for him financially. But I do agree that, you know, Jones kind of said it himself, but I do think they're going to bring him back. I'm not sure kind of how they're going to restructure that contract, though. But knowing him and knowing the fact that he loves being in Green Bay and he wants to be back, I'm sure he'll kind of obviously take what they're going to give him, but finagle that to obviously make him happy. So I know they're, what, like nine mil under the salary cap? I believe it's nine million something. Yeah, right Um, in that range. Right in that range, right. So – you know, with like, I know Bakhtiari's up. I know Lindsley's up. I know Kevin King is going to be up. So there's some big names that they have to bring back. So, but I, you know, I think Aaron Jones, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it, it's, he'll be back. It's, yeah. I, I think he's going to be back whether or not it, it is a, a deal that I would have done, I think is going to be a, a separate thing, but I, I do think there is a number that makes sense. I know that, that one of our writers at, at Acme Packing Company said there is no Goldilocks zone with Aaron Jones. And I just... I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, I, I'm wondering about the defense and if maybe we're not talking about how good they can be when when the Packers were playing their best last year, it was when the Smith brothers were rushing the passer and these corners were playing together when they had all four of their uh, guys, main starters in the secondary, they were they were really good. I expect Savage to take a, a step forward in year two. Where are you on on how good you think this defense can be? Obviously, the run defense was a problem last year. Right. You know, I think they're going to be better in year two uh, as well. You know, we kind of saw them all gel together that first year, and now they can build off of what they did last year. And obviously, you know, they had a lot of turnovers, and it's, you know, we'll see if they can replicate that success in terms of the the turnover ratio this coming season. But I do agree with all these guys coming back and playing together again, they'll get a lot better. And obviously adding Christian Kirksey in the middle there, you know, I think Goody was very high on him, said he was dynamic and, you know, adds that to the position uh, with Martinez departing. So, you know, I think they're going to be strong up front, obviously, but I think the back end, the secondary is going to be super athletic. Uh, Excited to see kind of how Jair does again this year and with Kevin King as well. But I I do think these guys are going to be more locked down in the secondary. They're going to be a lot more, aware of the ball back there as well. But like you mentioned, when they're at their prime rushing the quarterback and getting those turnovers, it was such a fun defense to watch. And the D train was, you know, something that we all looked forward to as well. Um, But it's going to be a tough stretch though, because I mean, they're playing Tom Brady, they're playing uh, Drew Brees and and Deshaun Watson. I kind of think in a month's time. So I think earlier in the season. So I think that's going to be a good gauge to really see where where this defense is at. Whatever you want to say about Kirk Cousins, the Packers open the season Against Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Deshaun yep. Watson, Cousins again, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Like, and that's that's tough. A it's really tough. 
you you need that defense to come through because that is that is a brutal stretch. I know that's kind of again. I'm I'm very curious to see how they handle it because we know the Bucks have really been building off their roster. I mean, that's going to be an impressive team, I think. And then the Saints with that passing game, I'm like, you know, that second the Packers secondary is going to have to really lock down in that game, otherwise. It might be a shootout in that thing, but honestly, the first half of the schedule will be really telling if we can, you know, finish eight weeks of football right. with how this is going to run. Again, I know 13 and three is, you know, coming off a 13 and three season is going to be tough to replicate, but yeah. I can't imagine them taking a significant step back in year two here. So what do you think then? Five and two, four and three, is that like where they need to be heading into the second half of the season when the schedule eases up? Because that's what I'm looking at. Like when, when your home games steal one or two on the road and then and then and then try and make some hay when you've got the Jags and some of these other games in the second half. Yeah, I completely agree. If they can kind of get out of that first half of the season either at 500 or just a little bit better, I think they're going to be in good shape for the rest of the, of the season because I mean, if they're coming out of, you know, the first 8 weeks at like 3 and 5, that's that's not good. That's a lot of ground to make up. All right, so there's actual football on Sunday. That still blows my mind. I, I'm being redundant on that, but I just like that's how crazy it is to me. So the Packers are three point underdogs. It's two and a half, depending on where you look, uh, which feels high given home field advantage probably not being what it used to be. So where are you with the Packers Vikings matchup? Make your pick. Make my pick. All right. Well, I'm going to say it's going to be close just because it's that first game. Never, you know, no one's had any preseason reps. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but again, I do think the Packers are going to come out on top. Like you mentioned, there are not going to be no fans. And honestly telling you, like my ears pop when I'm in that stadium. So (laughs) the fact that there are no fans there is going to be, I think an added advantage for the Packers. Again, that defense, there's a lot of new pieces there. A lot of them haven't played against Rogers. So I think he's going to have a chance to really pick them apart. Um, And obviously we'll see kind of how Dalvin cook and them work, but I'm, you know what, Peter, I'm, I'm super interested to see how, Justin Jefferson plays because I know the Packers had their eye on him yep. and he went to Minnesota. So I am very curious to see how they utilize this rookie in the offense. But at the end of the day, the Packers are, are going to come out on top and a close one. You know who else had their eye on Justin Jefferson? This guy. Who? <laughs> Great minds think alike. Mm, I don't know if that's if that's <laughs> where I want to be. But yeah, no, with, with the with the Packers scouting staff for sure. Uh, I, the only other question, and it's really the only other question that matters is, were there any suggestions for names of this segment that you liked? Cause I liked the end zone and Zao you doing if for no other reason than every time I introduce you, I could play a clip of Joey from friends, but see, I would love that. Cause I'm a huge friends fan. So that would help. Zao you doing like, but like, say it like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can commit to that bit for 17 weeks. <laughs> uh, listen, there was one, I think the one you sent me from, oh shoot. You know, I have to go look on my, um, on the, on the text thread that we had, but there were some good ones that people sent in. I'm like, you guys are all very, very clever. I appreciate everyone sending in their ideas. If you have another idea, send it to us. We will name the segment at some point, hopefully soon. Lily, this is great. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Always fun to talk to her. And she's going to be back. She's going to be back a bunch. 
and we're going to have stuff on the field to talk about plays, players, coaching strategies, all that fun stuff. She's going to be here to help us break it down all season long, every Wednesday. So mark your calendars, folks. Mark your calendars. Uh, tomorrow is our crossover. Crossover Thursday this season, remember. The schedule on our network has changed a little bit, so every Thursday we're going to have crossover. We're, we're trying to keep a, a consistent schedule every week. Monday we're going to talk about the game. Expert Tuesday. We're going to talk about the Packers and the league and have the biggest names in sports media come on to talk about it, talk about the Packers, and get you the breakdowns there. Lily on Wednesday, crossovers on Thursday, and then our live Periscope show on Friday. Don't worry, if you don't have Periscope, you can't watch live. It's still going to be a podcast. It's still going to be beamed right to your phone, but you can also watch us do the show live, ask questions live, offer feedback live, and so that is coming every Friday at 5 Central on Periscope. So go subscribe on Periscope. Go subscribe on Instagram. I started a Locked on Packers Instagram account. Go check us out. Go follow us there. And uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Follow us on Instagram at Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.